a cuppa and a good chinwag? The story has real-life stories to inspire and make you smile. Weekdays on Vision and on demand in the app. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Legalism is our attempt to relate to God and to live the Christian life through law keeping. Now, when we do this, we leave the realm of grace or as Paul puts it, Christ is of no effect to us. Of course, we don't need the law of Moses to be legalistic. The church has excelled at legalism even without the Old Testament law. When man-made commandments are taught consistently over a long period of time, people end up mistaking these for God's Word. For example, after the Jewish captivity, the scribes and elders added thousands of rules to the 613 commandments of the Torah. By the time of Christ, these man-made traditions were regarded more highly than the commandments of the law. This is what Jesus said when he was referring to the scribes and the Pharisees in this respect. He said, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God because of your tradition. Paul also had to challenge legalism in the churches. He said, For if you died with Christ, why do you subject yourself to regulations? Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, according to the commandments and doctrines of men. Friend, there is no power for holiness in legalism. All the power we need to live a godly life is in Jesus. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. And thank you for joining us for a brand new week of Set Free. And this week we are putting the amazing back into grace. It's kind of strange that many people think grace is weak and it's an excuse for bad behaviour and that we need the law to keep us in line. It's actually the other way around, Ken. As you say, grace is the power for living the Christian life. Yeah, Phil, as you know, I teach a lot about the grace of God and my books really have that theme. Uh, But there are many misconceptions or myths, if you like, going on about grace, which the enemy uses to discredit it so that people will end up rejecting it. And then, of course, they go back to this legalism, which I was talking about earlier on. I'd like to talk about some of those myths today. It's a good place to start, actually. Let's start with that misconception that you just mentioned, that we, we we need the law to lead a better life. Yeah, well, even Paul was deceived by this lie. Now, most Christians know that we can read about Paul's account or his testimony, if you like, of salvation in Acts chapter 9. But what many don't know is that in Romans chapter 7, we have his testimony of how after he got saved, he tried to beat sin's power by means of the law. Mm -hmm. He explains how he thought that if he worked together with the law, he would live a holy life. He later confesses that he was con. Let's just read what he said. He says, sin taking occasion by the commandment deceived me and by it killed me. Now, most likely you too, Phil, have been taken in by this lie. I know that I certainly have. You know, we've, we've heard preaching that goes something like this. You know, if you want more power in your life, then you need to do this, that or the other. Pray, fast, sacrifice, you know, pay the price, all these things. And what do we do? We respond and say, yes, but we do those things. But what happens? Is there more power in our life? No. And, uh, you know, we, we, we realize, just like Paul, we were deceived into thinking this is the way to live the Christian life by law-keeping. But you're not saying, though, Ken, that there's no value in prayer, is it that you're saying it's just not the mechanical going through the motions of if I do this, this will happen? Is that right? That's right, yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, works and uh, prayer and service, all these things are part and parcel of the Christian life. Mm. But they're the overflow or the outflowing of that which God is working in me. Somehow they can come across as uh, prices we have to pay. Yeah. 
in order to get the grace of God. You do this, you get that. Yeah, grace is free. That's that's the definition of grace. It's free. Now, when I receive grace, it will result in in um, you know the goodness of Christ flowing out of me, yeah. which is His life flowing out of me, not something I'm striving towards to get something from Him and having to tick all those boxes. But yeah, you know, when we hear messages like that saying, you know, you want more power, you do this. It's kind of the simple answer. We we like simple answers. We we like those things, and they seem like good ideas at the time. Yeah, a little bit like a tattoo, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it seemed like a good idea at the time. And uh, yeah, Paul explains that the law actually has the exact opposite effect. You know, if somebody's looking to the law and to rules and regulations in order to keep on the straight and narrow, well, Paul says, "I'm sorry, he's going to do the opposite for you." Yeah. He says, actually, in his own experience, that the sinful passions of his own life were aroused by the law and they were at work in his members to bear fruit under death. Now, why is that? Because the law touches the point of our rebellion um, and it also places in our minds thoughts that weren't there before. Mm. You know, for example, I've just been travelling up here today, Phil, and uh, the speed limit is 110. You see this, you know, consistently 110, 110, 110. Now, you know what some motorists do? They think, well, I can probably go 115 and get away with it. Now, where did that Where did that figure, that 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 um, speed limit of 115 come from? Well, the law put a thought in their mind. It touched the point of their rebellion. They said, oh, I'm going to go just a little bit over that. And, you know, margin of error, I'll get away with it. Guilty. <laughs> yeah. Either this way, that scene, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so this is what Paul is saying. He's saying, look, the very things that the law says don't do, they're the things I wanted to do. And the things that it tells me to do, I didn't want to do those things. Yeah. It touched the point of my rebellion. You know, the strength of sin is the law. Mm. It's totally different, though, with grace, isn't it? Yeah, see, gr- grace is God's way for us to experience holiness, not by, not by being married to an external law, but by him giving us an indwelling saviour, by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So we've got this option. We can either try to live the Christian life by law or by the Holy Spirit. And and Paul says, um, if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Mm, okay, well, let's go to another misconception. A lot of people talk about the fact that grace needs to be balanced. Can you talk about that? Yeah, the argument goes something like this. Any truth that's pushed too far will become error. For example, you know, the doctrine of God's sovereignty. Now, if you just stay with that and you don't, you know, emphasize the fact that man has a responsibility, then you were going to end up with fatalism or, or something like that. We're just going to end up as being pre-programmed robots. Mm. Now, take that argument into the arena of grace. I say, see, grace needs to be balanced. Now, the question is, if we're going to balance grace, what are we going to balance it with? Now, obviously, they're talking about works. Now, Paul says this, that uh, grace, if it's mixed with works, it's no longer grace. Mm. You know, it, it, grace stands alone by very definition of that word. By virtue of it, it's unconditional. Exactly. That's the whole meaning. Now, as we've said earlier on, Phil, and we want to clarify this, just in case there's any misunderstanding, grace leads to works. Yep. But when we're talking about the way that we relate to God and the basis upon which he blesses us, it's purely on grace. Now, that does result in works. So when people talk about balancing out, they usually mix it in as a condition to get blessed. And then we cancel the grace of God out in our lives altogether when we do that. The idea that grace has to be mixed with works, though, has been around for a long time. The early church uh, had contended with it. Um, it's always been a bit of a challenge through the history of the church, hasn't it? Yeah. Now, here's, here's where it goes wrong, I think. Now, we all know, and every Christian church will say this, to be saved, we must trust in Christ alone. Mm-hmm. Now, the error then comes into this. To stay saved, 
there's a whole lot of things that we have to do. It's like as if they're saying Jesus is the one who gets us in and we're the ones who keep us there. Is yeah, that right? that's right. Now, look, a lot of people might be listening say, well, what's the, what's the fuss really? You know, like why are we, are we sort of splitting hairs here? Well, Paul says it was pretty serious because, see, he went in and taught the gospel of grace, for example, at Galatia in the churches there. And then legalists came after him and they said, well, it's good that you're believing in Jesus for your salvation, but now you've got to keep the law. And they try to introduce the law. Now, listen to what Paul says about that. First of all, he referred to them as false brethren. That's pretty serious, Judge. That's pretty serious, isn't yeah. it? And then he says what they're preaching is a different gospel. And then he went on to call them accursed. That's what he had to say about mm. those that teach that kind of thing. Then when he turned to the Galatians themselves, he says to them, Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? So just take those two words in themselves, uh, Phil. You refer to them as fools, oh, foolish Galatians. And who has bewitched you? You've come under the spell of these people. And uh, having begun in the spirit, you're now trying to be made perfect in the flesh. The analogy I use, Phil, is like this. It's like um, beginning the Christian life by faith and then trying to live it in our own fleshly works yeah. is like trying to run a car on petrol and then saying, no, I think it'll work better if I push it. <laughs> <laughs> I think is that crazy? You know, God hasn't ordained for us to to live the Christian life through our own means and our own efforts and our own endeavours. He's given us and empowered us with the indwelling Holy Spirit, and we as Christians walk by faith in the indwelling life of Christ and the life that we now live. We live by faith in the Son of God, who died for us. We're putting the amazing back into grace this week on Set Free. Join us tomorrow as we continue the conversation. And until then, remember you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg, including the book Grace Roots, which features topics from today's message, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.